A conclusion to the BCCI Lalit Modi spat could end with Modi being banned from any future BCCI activities. Modi helped rake in millions of dollars for the board by introducing the Indian Premier League, but a sports centre exclusively reports this announcement may come during the board's special general meeting in Mumbai on July the 3rd. Well, more details on the scam clearly emerging, but the Delhi police today presented visual evidence supplementing the wiretaps that show how signals were decided between bookies and players. Irrefutable evidence seems to be stacked against the three arrested players. I'm a little surprised and a little shocked that it ha what has happened has happened. Um, more shocked from the fact that the BCCI and, and the anti-corruption unit or the ICC were not aware of this and that they had to learn this from the Delhi police. Yeah, I'd say the difference in the fielding is that England are all round a good fielding side. I do believe India have three or four very good fielders who we've highlighted and they have one or two donkeys in the field still. Amiv BCCI is not willing to let the matter rest and have demanded an apology from Nasir Hussain through the host broadcaster. Hey, are you like us and trying to make your own podcast but aren't really sure where to get started? Well, when we first began, we didn't really know how to get our podcast out there to the hundreds of different podcast platforms. That's where Anchor comes in. Anchor is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting from start to finish. It allows you to record and edit your podcast and then when you're ready to publish, distributes it to a ton of podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Once you've posted your episode, Anchor tracks listening across platforms and graphs your performance across countries, age groups and platforms. That's how we know that 4% of our listeners are in Hong Kong. If you're listening from Hong Kong right now, well, thank you. And Anchor is totally free. To get started, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Now back to the pod. Welcome to episode 4 for All About Sports, the podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we'll be talking about uh, the BCCI. Um, so we'll straight jump into the episode. Uh, Mazar, Aniket, Rishab and myself, Shubham. So today's topic is the BCCI and how the BCCI is basically controlling, obviously controlling cricket in India, but what is the influence internationally in tournaments, internationally with the ICC, with other respective governing bodies? And is the BCCI too big? Uh, is their influence too big? Is their dominance too big? Uh, should certain changes happen? Um, so yeah, our, our today's main focus is going to be about BCCI and their and their control over cricket, uh, domestically and internationally. Uh, so for me to start off with, I um, I think the first topic we have to discuss is uh, the BCCI and their case with the Loda Committee that was set up by the Supreme Court uh, to bring about certain recommendations and changes that the BCCI should implement. And obviously the BCCI. I just feel kind of give off a vibe and an attitude that we are above the law and we can do what we feel like and, and just like how blatantly they weren't really taking on the recommendations didn't set the BCI in very good light. So to start off with, I would like you guys to, to join in and what do you guys have to say about how the BCI dealt with Loda's recommendations and what do you think of the recommendation in the first place? Do you all think it was apt? Yeah, so, so just to summarize, just to summarize the recommendations really quickly. So it's the retirement age to be fixed at 70 years. So anyone who has a, a criminal charge or is of unsound mind or insolvent um, or holds a position in any other athletic association needs to be removed. Um, second is one vote per state. 
Third is the BCCI president cannot have a tenure of more than two years. Um, fourth is an independent sovereign governing body. There has to be a cooling of period of three years or something like that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then independent and sovereign governing body for IPL. And then five to ensure that BCCI officials are not involved in any betting. They need to disclose their assets to the governing body. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I, think that, I think the last Sorry. one fairly, you know, just lets everyone know <laughs> what, what is the main chunk of, that, of those recommendations. But I think there are some pretty good ones um, which kind of cause problems right now also. The conflict of interest one, which is well, I think that's a massive one. <laughs> highly debatable one. Yeah, it's, it's the most debatable Very one, debatable. Right? Very, very debatable. Yeah. Because, I think that's perhaps the most important one also. True. true yeah. Very true. And, and I think that was the one which was uh, like one of the highlighting factors of the recommendation because it really stirred up a storm. Yeah, as you were going, you were saying something, sorry. No, no, so I was just going to say, imagine what you did wrong if you pissed off Sachin Tendulkar. Just imagine <laughs> yeah. what you did wrong if you managed to piss off the one person who is so patient and who has been known for his cool and calm demeanor. You pissed him off as well. So everything is just wrong <laughs> with that conflict of interest. We can, like, I mean, currently as well, you look at uh, the current chief or president or however you want to call him, Ganguly. He is JSW brand ambassador. Exactly. He is also heading the BCCI. Who owns Delhi Capitals? JSW. That's a direct conflict right there. Delhi are performing well. Yes. It yes. Coincidence? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> That's who was Ganguly advising last season in the IPL. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> And, and at so, that time also, if I'm not wrong, he was part of the West Bengal Cricket Association as well. Yes, he has been. It's been for a while. So, yeah, what, correct. What, what I think is so problematic about the conflict of interest issue is, on one hand, it's a, it's a very logical route, right? Obviously, player, like anyone who's in an administrative role shouldn't have a conflicting interest with any team or um, organizing body within the scope of cricket. But here's what's confusing about it, right? And this is what infuriated Ganguly, Rahul Dravid, Sachin Tendulkar, VVS, Lakshman, Kapil Dev. A lot of the agencies that hired... So the, the, big, the big one was the uh, Cricket Advisory Committee, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which, that's right. CAC. The CAC, yes, absolutely. which the yeah. BCCI hired for. The BCCI hired Ganguly, Lakshman and Tendulkar. All three were known to be advisors to their respective IPL teams, which at that time was, you know, Sunrisers, um, Delhi Capitals and um, Mumbai okay. Indians. And Tendulkar to the point of which had also, um, had also brought this up and got no response. And hey, is this a conflict of interest? He got no response. The BCCI is aware of this. They hired him and then later made a statement saying you were in conflict of interest. <laughs> totally infuriated Tendulkar. And what's confusing about it also is Tendulkar himself in the past has had an instance where he said, listen, I'm in conflict of interest. I think it was for some youth selection, youth team selection. And he said, listen, my son Arjun plays for a particular youth team in India. I think it would be a conflict of interest. So it's, it's a confusing rule because it's very logical. I completely understand. But most cricketers, especially of the likes of Ganguly and Tendulkar, will have some association and affiliation to cricket in Maharashtra and Bengal is likely. 
um and that's where it becomes a little problematic you know i think that's where a little bit to add to what you're saying with the conflict of interest not just gangli and jsw given that gangli is currently uh, the head of bcci even previously when shrinivasan was head of bcci there was a betting scandal with csk involved and his son in law was i think running csk and csk is owned by india cements and india cements is owned by shrinivasan so look at the entire circle when it comes to conflict of interest it, it, i just think like logically thinking of it it is uh, uh, it is it should not be happening obviously but the fact that it happens and the recommendation is made by the loda committee i think something like this is important to execute in order to just bring about greater transparency because i also remember in 2008 when shrinivasan was again i think head of bci at that time also around 10 plus crores was given to uh, chennai super kings because champions league that time was cancelled and again he is the owner of uh, chennai super kings and bcci head so in position like this especially when so much money is involved like it is it is a no brainer right like how can you have conflict of interest at at such a high level i the one thing i will say is i feel like there's one the one thing we should take into account is a little bit of discretion and drawing a line between the two you know like i think the enshinivasan is a blatant infringement like i think even the like supreme court called called it nauseating that while the yes. trial was going on for his son in law he was still bcci head like the supreme court was completely appalled by it. but i think that is a very like him lalit modi are in a different bracket than the uh, ganguly dravid tendulkar bracket and i think it, it listen we should bring it to light i don't think it's correct that ganguly like spoke about um like I, I, there is like his sponsorships with a betting group or with jsw i don't think it's correct and we should bring it to light but we should not i feel like they're drastically different cases and we should bring the cricketers to light as well the ganguly's and dravids and tendulkars but it's not the same level of accusation or um uh, allegation that should be thrown at them because it they're not it's not secret these aren't like secret underhand it's, under the table dealings it's one of those where you know okay we put a put a law in place because there was one mega one mega um, defaulter all right yeah. but the ones who face the brand are everyone who comes after it so what else do you expect an athlete to do after his playing career is over right he is going to join a commentary team he's going to be an advisor for some of the other cricket club ipl franchise coach something of that sort right i they needed to sustain their lives after their playing careers are over let's be honest not everyone makes money in their playing career enough to sustain generations and generations but these guys are kind of bearing the brand of well a law which is put in place to hinder activities which are fairly different from what they're doing but again the conflict of interest is it's a pretty tricky one right it, the idea is that in case there is a possibility of those interests <laughs> you know crossing paths you need to stop it so i was just going to add to what you were saying and what krishnan said as well that you need to know where to draw the line and there will be a gray area always now i don't i have a problem with gangoli being the brand ambassador of a fantasy gaming website i don't see that really affecting and especially since they aren't a sponsor of the ipl if it was dream 11 it would be different but this is a competitor of dream 11 so i don't see that much of an issue there but the jsw cements one a team i mean it's an entire teams owned by one the company the parent company so in those situations i think there should be some sort of limitations in terms of the capacity in which he can act yes you're right the loda committee was brought in for a different reason uh, the likes of 
Ganguly, Dravid, not Dravid, but uh, Sachin and Lakshman, they all have different sort of roles. And them being mentors, now you watch these teams also, do they really need mentorship? So it's literally just a glam thing and it's a money thing after a point. So I, I wouldn't want to really deep dive so much into those aspects of them. It's all about what happened in the past. So yeah, that's yeah. my take. And and credit to Ganguly when the JSW thing came up, he he dropped his role as brand ambassador. Like yes, once it came right. up, so like I think it's a little bit of you know when a cricketer gets an administrative position, he just has more sponsorship than politicians. Politicians don't have a lot of sponsorships because <laughs> they can't. Um, not not that we know of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Sorry, they have lots of sponsorships, but none we know of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, from what Mazhar said, when he spoke about um, at the end of the day, everything comes down to money and it is a money thing. So if we're talking money then, obviously when, when we talk about money in cricket, then we have to, again, it's, it's the BCCI. So I read a, uh, I was I read something about um, the ICC and the TV rights, which was an eight year cycle from 2015 to 2023, where they estimated to make around 3 billion US dollars, or which 2.1 billion US dollars gets contributed because of the BCCI and the Indian fans. Not the BCCI, sorry, because of Indian fans. So obviously BCCI um, has a position of leverage where they want more money, they want the larger share. Uh, and that, I think, to a larger extent is fair because, let's face it, it is, it is the Indian fans that really drive cricket and bring the sort of revenue they do. But the next thing is, with all this money that's coming in, uh, is like it, it seems like BCCI does put a lot of pressure on the ICC and to a larger extent, like almost overshadows the ICC in, in making judgments. Like, for example, right now, to host the IPL, the T20 World Cup has been pushed. The T20 World Cup dates has been given to the IPL because, again, IPL is such a money racket. It's such a money spinner that uh, the BCCI gets a decision over the ICC. And this is just one instance. There, there are so many other instances. So what do you guys think about like when money gets involved in the kind of cloud that the BCCI has? Is it really uh, completely overshadowing and dominating ICC and other, uh, um, internet, uh, sorry, other country governing bodies as well? Yeah, so this brings me back. And actually, this is important. We should take it back to when this all started, when BCCI really became rich, when they became the powerhouse. And it dates back to 2001, I believe. That was the time when Jagmohan Dalmia was BCCI chief. And then they realized the power of the Indian population. The fact that literally every Panwala, every every single person in our country, even if we don't like cricket, watches cricket. So uh, that's when they started leveraging all of it. Politics became involved because they saw the amount of money involved here. Uh, then after that, it moved into the, we, then India was always against the IP, uh, I mean, the T20, T20, uh, T20, T20 yeah. as a format as well. Uh, then we won the World Cup 2007. <laughs> then suddenly it's like, hai. <laughs> now they realize that this is a cash cow for them. ICL was launched and this, so I think that, that everyone forgets thing. this. I, forget I think everyone sabotaged this. the ICL. They completely destroyed that. <laughs> Yeah, they basically told them that if you play in the ICL, you can't play for India. And yeah. and mind you, they had people like Raj Gopal, Satish, uh, Ambati, Raidu. He was found by the ICL. He was their best player, Hyderabad Heroes, if you remember, if you ever watched it. I was an ardent follower of the ICL. I loved the entire concept. They got a, an entire Pakistani team, Lahore Bachas, to come in. Inzi was the captain, Mohim Khan was the coach. 
what an epic battle that was because i remember it was india 11 which had all these up and coming indians uh, from the ranji scene uh the world 11 had all these retired new zealanders mainly and south Af- australians and south africans and then there was the pakistan 11 and then in the second edition they got bangladesh 11 with habibul bashar and all these names so it was a great concept it did well bcci refused to fund that uh and that was started by subhash chandra the the owner of z z yeah uh, sl right yeah so he he had asked for permission they didn't give it it took off and then obviously bcci saw grapes they they were like what the hell the icls making money how can we not get a chunk of this so it was just that so then they stamped their authority saying you know what you can't succeed because we have we are not getting anything from that they they literally blocked off all the stadiums or uh, outrented them so that they couldn't book the grounds for longer uh they literally blackmail kapil dev kiran more uh, so it and that's also, when also, also i would like to add is uh, a lot of uh, uh, companies who would be sponsors or or like bring in advertisement money bcci also told them that if you guys go around sponsoring them then the future uh, our relationships will not like really like the bcci would not take them on board as sponsors and obviously companies want to be associated with the bcci so this goes to show show the blatant use of power that they had in totally destroying the league which to be fair was was a very good league it was, uh, but just bcci are being money hungry we are not getting a, a share of the pie so the league should not exist only guys just one fun fact here yeah rohan gavaskar played in that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> nothing I, left to say. i i i'm so glad you all brought this up because this is definitely the thing that drives me the most nuts about bcci their entire focus in the last 12 years has just to be eliminate any form of competition domestically internationally eliminate competition that means um i'm gladly brought up the funding point shubham because what they did with the big 3 funding model i understand the logic of that that, that you know india brings in the most viewers and that's absolutely true india brings in highest viewership by far but shifting the funding model completely to be basically just india england australia to get maybe like 40 to 50% of the revenue essentially on the other end on the flip side means associate country funding is super low and the point is just to just to be clear this is just the pool for big tournaments so big international tournaments i guess the champions trophy icc uh, odi world cup t20 world cup so there's still a whole lot of revenue stream that BCCI generates separately, including the IPL, which is not really touched by the ICC pretty much in its entirety. Um, so it's a little bit. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. I was just wanted to add to that. Let's yeah. not forget Dalmia was great. Uh, yeah, he he did a lot. He actually brought India to the fore with also Ganguly as captain. That's when India really started to make its name. Yeah. Uh, but he also was the pioneer of the champions trophy so yeah. that's when yes. india started yeah. becoming money hungry so yeah absolutely yeah so so I, i absolutely so you know they've done all these steps to make india this powerful force and listen some of it is also just india just has this huge demand like india's demand for cricket was huge in 1983 bcci hadn't figured out the exact way to commercialize it because tv rights weren't as big a thing media rights sponsorship weren't as big at the end of the day bcci gains its power like mazhar said from the chaiwala from every single person in india watching cricket but they've used that to now eliminate associate 
associates playing in the World Cup, dropping the number of teams from 16 to 10. This sport is not played globally. It has a huge amount of viewership because of the because of South Asia. That's it. Um, number two, like you all said, eliminating any internal competition. And number three, like trying to eliminate other countries from doing similar competitions, right? Like other countries are also trying to generate the similar things like IPL. They don't let Indian players play in those tournaments. They will make it really difficult from a scheduling perspective in case any of them want to bring it anywhere close to IPL. In fact, when the first IPL happened, it was conflicting with the English county tournament, which came up before. And England said, no, listen, you can't just take up players. You all have come up with this tournament much later. And it, it, they've just bullied their way into removing competition. I mean, if this was a normal commercial space with one industry becoming this mass conglomerate, it would be, be a huge antitrust issue. Like, you can't just bully, like, every, there, every there competing body. There are, there are competition laws in place, right? For, yeah. For, for most of such acts. But again, the, the, the killing of competition is, is probably one of the most blatantly done acts of the BCCI, which kind of drives a lot of people mad. Which is really sad, Aniket, because Dalmia had a different approach. He got Bangladesh Test Nation uh, status. status. And to now see how the pendulum just swung is really odd. I mean, but the writing was on the wall. I'm so sorry, Shubham, but the writing was on the wall. Writing was on the walls for a while, right? Since, uh, say, 2000. Eight, nine, even with the whole DRS, we won't accept decision review system. There, there are a lot of such incidents which highlight how the BCCI has been wanting to stamp their authority over how, at least, okay, if not everyone, at least how we play cricket or how you will play cricket with our team. So, <laughs> doesn't really give off a good image, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely, and, and like, me, what Krishnan uh, mentioned in terms of uh, like how what BCCI does on a on a global scale in order to uh, make sure there's not too much competition. I believe there was even discussion of introducing uh, cricket in the Olympics, and BCCI was against right. the idea of doing that. And the reason they were against the idea of doing that is because if they would have to do that, then they would fall under the Indian Olympic Association, which is a governing body. It's, it's uh, and the BCCI wants to hold its private status and doesn't want to be at least back then it wasn't. In, uh, didn't want to be answerable to any governing body. So just like things like that, where it just wants complete autonomy of its power, it wants to be a monopoly, doesn't want to be answerable to anyone. Um, in I think in the longer run, what's going to happen is it, it won't let cricket grow globally. And for cricket to gr- uh, grow globally, it needs BCCI. Like, let's face the fact, a board which is so powerful, it needs its complete backing and support so that the sport can grow. And I also think in, in the next World Cup, uh, in the 50-over World Cup, the number of uh, nations also participate, participating has been reduced. And that I also think BCA has a hand in that. And things like this will not really help the sport grow a lot. And um, that, in hindsight, I think is, is, uh, is, is what is bad uh, for the sport because of, of BCA's just blatant uh, misuse of its power. And yeah, so uh, you brought up the Olympics. You know, 105 nations play cricket. I was shocked when I read that. Yeah. 105. And we have no idea. We know, we dude, it takes me time to figure out beyond eight teams sometimes because I get confused. Okay, so Bangladesh got test status. Now, is it Afghanistan, Zimbabwe? What's happening with them? 
Netherlands, there an outside Scotland. chance? Netherlands, Scotland, Ireland oh, oh. suddenly come up. So it's it's pathetic. It's it's really sad. And the other frustrating thing about it is they know they are too big to fail. They know they control everything. And man, I I don't even know what to say anymore. There is one very popular counter argument to um, you know some of these things that just got mentioned, like uh, one of one of them being we don't play uh, our main teams or our first team with smaller nations. I. There are a fair few counter arguments to but, that. Like, okay, uh, Australia, we, I, did, Australia did all these things, right? Before Australia has cancelled a tour with Bangladesh in, uh, they cancelled Bangladesh's tour to Australia in 2018. Australia did not play with New Zealand for maybe 20 years after they first received their uh, test status. But let's be honest, why why compare the two, right? Are you not are you not are you not learning from someone else's? misdeeds if if that is the category we are putting it in so there are enough number of nations to play cricket with if kohli skipped the afghanistan test right that happened a lot of flag but again some some counter arguments are valid for this one like you could rest your main team against a small team in any other sport without getting <laughs> so much at the spec of attention from anyone but to do it in cricket, it kind of seems in bad taste. What What are your thoughts on that? Like there are some there are some very uh, good counter arguments to India not, I mean the Indian team not being in full strength when they play some small teams. So I, I'm actually I'm I'm glad you brought up historical precedent because I feel like one counter argument is like, hey, you know, in the 1990s, like ACB and ECB used to be powerful and they did similar stuff. And I and I, I think there are two arguments. One is like. I genuinely don't think they had the power to do it the way BCCI does. I think they did try to yield power and they did try to yield influence, but I just don't think they they had the same control that BCCI currently does. And two is exactly your point, Gui. Like, I don't think the goal is to be like, man, people existed that were terrible ter- like in the past, so let's keep like now it's our turn to be terrible. I think the goal is to be now yield the power responsibly, and that's absolutely um, not what they're doing. I think the second thing, you know, on the on the argument of yes, we can play against Afghanistan, but then if Kohli doesn't play you know, um, is it is it that valuable? I still think it's valuable because if India goes to play Afghanistan, the revenue generation for Afghanistan is still big. Even if viewership might go down if we send our second team, it's still a lot higher than Afghanistan's current viewership. There's still even things like TV rights, stadium rights that it, it helps a lot. And um, it, it may not seem like a big deal from us viewers' perspective because like we may not, may not watch it because maybe if all our players are sitting, may not, we're not as excited. But definitely huge for Afghanistan cricket. They definitely will get some um, some cash out of it from sponsorships at the very least. Look, I agree with what Krishna is saying, mainly because of the fact that BCCI is so big. Uh, and and uh, joining back to my previous point, there has to be a little bit of ownership taken uh, towards pushing the sport forward. So even if it's in Afghanistan or it's a smaller cricketing nation, sending, um, if not your entire like star, like best team or something, but sending some of your star players will get that viewership. It will get money in. That money should uh, then uh, further help um, Afghanistan cricket, cricket, cricket board, or whichever you know, cricket board, and that will indirectly help the sport grow in other nations also. So that's where I feel BCCI needs to take up a little bit more responsibility and not just always think about uh, um, BCCI and we should get the money and we should be the uh, like the largest uh, uh, cricketing board and so on and so forth. Uh, 
earn the money but do all the right things to grow the game as well is 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 that not like something which will do simultaneously i mean i'm confused <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely uh, the sad thing about it shubham is the fact that you know the bcci owns afghanistan cricket team the sad thing is they have a major stake in bangladesh's cricket team the sad thing is they they support the sri lankan cricket team so they literally supporting all these teams but for what like it's it's like to tell them that okay you become good enough but then you dare not beat us otherwise we'll pull out the money uh, that's exactly why ian chapel also said that bcci are being bullies and he was asked describe the bcci in one word and he just said bully <laughs> it literally comes back to that the worst part is that we still don't win the damn world cup yeah we still can't play survive 5 days of a test match in australia we still can't deal with the swing in england we struggle to beat a very weak south africa team in south africa we're still pathetic abroad and i'm like wow, what are you investing the money for then best facility so much money oh yeah we have the most talented players coming up yes under 19 we kill everywhere we go so same guys literally only like a handful of them actually get to that international stage and perform i'm not saying they don't make the team they all do prithvi shaw shubman gill uh, shreya sayar uh, can go on and on with previous names as well with dhawan dhoni of course uh, all of those guys so but what's the point yeah and i totally agree even within india they're not using it they're starting to propagate the game less even in india and and start to cater to a slightly different socio economic status in india like they're trying to cater to the richer audience in india and you know i think i think in one of the articles that you shared mazar uh, i think it was anil kumble who talked about like what we're not seeing is with all this money coming in infrastructure in cricket stadiums in many places are actually terrible like the stadium facilities are horrendously bad um Dude, one one many, yeah, i don't know why you say many it's all of them it's all yeah, of it's, it's not the home of cricket yeah the blues are so disgusting i'd rather go to the train station and take a piss man yeah so 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 facilities are terrible two they don't help like another thing that and this is not a, not the biggest deal but it drives me nuts that bcci has so many tournaments going on we don't have decent highlights on youtube how is that possible west indies cricket puts a better irish cricket puts a better highlights than our bc because they don't want to put it up on youtube because it wanted to be purely on the bcci website or the sponsorship the sponsor the, the, the group that has the media rights to, for coverage so that in this case more often than not is hotstar and it's completely infuriating because they are restricting the propagation of cricket even amongst indians it's not even just that they that they're preventing the kenyas and netherlands and irelands and scotlands of the world from entering cricket they're even reducing propagation amongst our own country um which is very infuriating even in india they're restricting its its propagation you, it's very interesting that you brought this up because what i think this is my personal opinion what i think is a, a lot like greater transparency is required about bcci's actions and how they use their money and that is why i think the lodha committee also said that the bcci might be a private governing body but because their impact has such a profound impact on so many million of indians uh, they should come under the rti which is the right to information 
so that people get a uh, get a like clearer picture of how the BCCI is using its money, where the money is going. The BCCI claims that it puts up uh, every transaction that ha happens about 25 lakh on its website. But at the same time, the finance ministry said that since 2014, there have been 213 cases of tax evasion from the BCCI. So a, a, a body that controls um, uh, cricket in every form in the country and uh, like so many millions of cricketing fans across, not just in India, across the world, uh, is controlled by the BC and some way or the other. I just think it requires greater transparency so that um, we get to know like what, what's going on with the money, how's it using domestically, how's it promoting young talent. And yeah, that is, that is at least my take on it. I agree. And I'm glad you brought it up in that nuanced way. Because some people say like, hey, it should just fall under the government. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want that either. I don't know if India's government management of sports is better than the BCCI's. Uh, but I, I like the way you mentioned it. I like the, yeah, I like the way you mentioned it. It is at least doing a fine job in promoting uh, cricket as compared to how some of the other governing bodies are promoting their sports. Right. There needs to be greater transparency for sure. Totally agree. I love the way you, the way you, the way you described it. I totally agree. Guys, one more point. This is as a fan. Those IPL ticket prices. <laughs> yeah. For the for the topmost row, like where you can literally just like even someone like Pollard looks like a mere ant. You pay four and a half thousand rupees. So they want money from anything and everything. You yeah. buy popcorn, you pay one twenty bucks. <laughs> like so I'm not even talking about going into those depths of how they are being bullies they know people will pay or will find a way to pay and they are taking advantage of that also and that hurts me the most fine bully your way in international cricket do what you want make money but literally the panwalas the chaiwalas who would attend 5 day tests can't now because even your five-day test games, those tickets are not 100 bucks anymore. They're like 1,000. Even though the stadium is maybe 200 people at times. So, yeah. And, and they're the people who gave BCCI the power in the first place. <laughs> the only reason BCCI has power yeah, is because... Yeah, because... Because we are a populist nation, right? <laughs> Come on, let, let's be honest. Every, everyone watches cricket here. And that's just what has been leveraged by the BCCI on multiple occasions across the board, internationally, even domestically, to enhance the okay, enhance the power, so to speak. And I'm not gonna okay, I really need to <laughs> not say what I was about to say. It doesn't sound too good. But uh, yeah, this also one thing, one point which I'd like to mention is um, is this does this cheapen Indian viewership for you? Like the next statement, which I'm going to say, that Indian the Indian board, sorry, the BCCI can command their authority over other boards because Indians watch only Indian cricket. So okay, we bring the viewership. Hence, you must play with the Indian cricket team the way we want to, because the viewership is all based on us. Do you think that cheapens Indian views? Uh, globally because now everyone just believes that okay see, there's a large set which is just going to watch India so we need to comply or do you believe that there are enough number of genuine fans who would watch two small teams go at it or two other big teams go at it that's just like my closing question for this one that one 
because it kind of puts a lot of things into perspective. No, I definitely no. think that uh, uh, viewership will still be there. People who love the sport will still carry on watching the sport. But that's a really interesting question that you brought up, and I think um, an answer to that we'll leave it open-ended for the people viewing this podcast. Put it down in the comments below about what do you guys think of this question. What do you guys think of the episode? Do you think BCCI is controlling everything? Do you think they're behaving like bullies or whatever they're doing is fine? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Links to our previous episodes will be down below. Follow us on our social media platforms, and we'll see you guys again next week with another episode. Till then, take care, guys. Bye.